What's going on everyone, it's Kyle Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies Podcast for June 4th, 2019. How's everybody's week been? Did you go and see Aladdin uh, this weekend, or even um, Rocket Man? I think Rocket Man coming out last weekend as well. Um, yeah, you probably noticed something a little bit different. You've probably said, what, what, what's going on there? I think it's... It's a bit, bit buttery, a bit buttery there, and that's it's because we're using a brand new um, microphone. Well, not really brand new. I actually got it for um, Christmas, but I've just worked out worked out all the kinks um, now for it, and uh, it seems to be working really well. It seems we everything seems pretty clear. Everything seems everything sounds good. I'll just say that sounds good. But there's always a downside, just like there's always a downside to everything. Um, lost the C-clamp for the uh, microphone to go on the desk. So I um, right now I'm holding the arm like Freddie Mercury holds his microphone. Um, it's like a half a stand. And um, I've, <laughs> I, I honestly, I do. I look like, I look like Freddie Mercury and he takes his uh, stand in half. And I'm try- kind of carrying it right now on its um, off the off the ground. But... Hopefully be able to find that C-clamp for next week and, you know, not, not have such a tired arm to work with, but um, I might have switch hands, like, intermittently throughout the podcast, but um, at the moment, we're, we're sitting, you know, we're sitting nice in my left hand here. On uh, this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about um, some films some uh, films that are currently playing at Sydney Film Festival. Um, or not currently, and they will be playing at Sydney Film Festival. Um, they just happen to be. I've seen I've seen four, but they just happen to be playing at Sydney Film Festival. And um, so I'm trying to orient this one to make it uh, sound like a, um, a Sydney Film Fest kind of, uh, kind of podcast. Um, but I'll, I'll be talking about some other things as well. Um, of course, we've got our trailers for this week and uh, the big news of Robert Pattinson being the new Batman. So we'll get to that um, in a hot second. And, um, really, really a hot minute. It will take a while to get there, I guess. But uh, so let's just kick into it. Um, I've got my first. Uh, film I want to talk about here. Try and get my book open. I've only got one arm, remember? Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about this uh, little film called uh, Animals, which is um, it's uh, directed by Sophie Hyde and uh, written by Emma Jane Unsworth and I'm pretty sure it's based off the novel from Emma or she must have done, or she's done the screenplay, I'm not too sure, but, um, it's, it's, I, I could tell it was based off a novel just from the dialogue that I was hearing in the film, but it's about two girls named Laura and, um, Tyler, centers mostly on Laura, and, uh, they live in Dublin, and, uh, Laura's going through some major, uh, life, I, I guess, events, she's, um, something happens. I mean, I don't really want to say everything. So yeah, something happens to Laura and, uh, it causes a bit of a rift between, uh, with her friendship with a long time best friend, um, 
uh, Tyler, who's from the States, and uh, Laura is played by Holiday Granger. I haven't seen Holiday Granger before, but after this film, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on her. Um, I haven't really, yeah, really seen her in anything, uh, but she's, she appears to be in a lot of things, and I just never have never seen her before. Um, this is this could be a breakout role for her because she plays Laura excellently. Um, yeah, I've I've never really um, never really caught her before. I'm a big fan of Elias Shawkat, so that's why I I checked out this one because I'm a big fan of her and she plays uh, a very kind of um, abrasive at times, but very confident woman who you know just loves living life. They, these girls love living life. They go out. They love going out partying. They love having a good time. And um, there's a there's a bit of a free spirit to this film that is uh, uh, at a risk of being damaged by what happens to um, uh, Laura, who's played by Holiday Granger. Uh, it it's it's an event, however, that could definitely be about her maturing into an adult. That it's like a step towards that, but um, it's about her, uh, you know, obviously going through that and uh, Tyler accepting that um, I thought their chemistry was great on screen uh, this is this is a very very funny movie lots of funny things happen in it uh, but it's also when it wants to get pretty dramatic at times it does get dramatic it's not afraid to get there very raunchy uh, definitely earned its R rating I'll say that um, but I, I, it's it's really anchored by these two performances from Elias Shawkin and Holiday Granger playing best friends um really really well our chemistry bounced off each other well um really felt like they're best friends there is also some sort of history there um lived in characters i, I kind of it's it's really difficult uh well not really difficult but it's um i guess it's easy to compare this to um you know, it's like the other side really easy to compare this to uh book smart and um book smart uh just came out of the states and that is also about a female friendship that is about something that is happening with them or a bit of a coming age of, of those two girls uh, and it's about their friendship and a kind of how a long enduring friendship can be something very powerful and uh, is something very special and they, they kind of like share the same energy as uh, these girls and because uh, that film was all about friendship as well and, and like going you know the premise was a bit different, but it mostly was um, centered around these two girls and their um, very strong friendship. Um, I think it's also about I mean, living in a family that, you know, has expectations for you to, you know, try, mature, I guess. Um, she's got a sister that's pregnant and uh, her parents, because um, they're in their late 20s, I believe, they're turning 30. Um, like they're, I think they're going towards thirty. They're in their late twenties, and in Booksmart, uh, they're in their, they're in high school. They're in um, the senior year of high school. So this is kind of like I think I related more to this version. I did love Booksmart, but I definitely related more to this version because I'm kind of I'm not in my late twenties, but I'm kind of like more in the age bracket of these girls and w what they're currently experiencing. Um, what I'm currently experiencing in my life, what they were experiencing in the film, really. And um, love the because it's it's called animals. You get a lot of shots, obviously, of um, of animals, <laughs> cats and foxes mostly. Love the uh, percussion score, though. Um, it, there's there's rarely any 
I guess, uh, actual music in it, uh, any soundtrack to it. Uh, it's mostly really, it's boosted and made more kinetic by this kind of really percussive score. Um, I don't know who did the score, which wish I could get their name. Um, I don't want to see it for too long. Anyway, whoever did the score, uh, hats, hats off, hats off. Well done. Great stuff. Um, cause it was, it was just really, every time that floor kind of, you know, comes in and starts pounding away and then you, uh, you feel like you're on kind of like the journey with these girls. There's a lot of scenes with them running, roaming around at night, going to different parties and nightclubs. So when that score kicks in, you're like, oh shit, we're on the run now. We're on to something, um, you know, something fun's about to happen or something big's about to go down. Uh, this is, this film's also just, uh, like clouded with heaps of, um, there's, because the main character, the main character, Laura, she's a, um, she's a, she wants to write a novel. And, uh, she's been writing the same novel for about 10 years. And, uh, she, you, you know, you meet a lot of people that are very, you can, can pretty much consider them douchey. They say things that just make you want to roll your fucking eyes. And, uh, you know, you could, uh, you could think that of, um, those kind of people. I think his name was, uh, Jake or something in the film. But um, I mean, Laura is going through you know, going through ten years of writing a film, and I I was just like, oh shit! Well, I'm, I've taken about three years now to write this this feature script. So, <laughs> um, there's a bit of like, oh, okay. It's it was like strangely inspiring. It's weird. Um, because it got me to uh, write my second draft of the my next short film I'm going to write. But you know, got to release the other ones first, obviously. Uh, so I got to write the second draft of this next short film after watching this. And uh, maybe I should get back to that feature. Um, you, you feel like you're stuck. Uh, sometimes I like sometimes I am when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm uh, just not sure what to write. The writer's block is real. You, you get, uh, you know, you're not sure what to write. You get stuck in a rut. And then you can either, you know, grab a drink or, you know, grab something really and uh, find a different uh, thing to do keep you busy or I got to find something to motivate you to do it um, try different things because I I mean I'm mostly writing different paragraphs and different scenes um, separately sometimes because I can't think of like the next kind of uh, beat to go to in the script so uh, there's, there's a lot of um, discombobulated scenes that I've got to put together into the script anyway that's enough about me <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, if you're a fan of Elias Shawkat, you'll love it. If you like Holiday Granger, but again, I, I said I've never seen her for anything, but now I'm going to definitely keep my eye on her. Um, you'll like this film. If you like, if you, it's another film that celebrates sisterhood and friendship. So if you want uh, something like that, I think this film is a bit more mature, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of emotional character depth in Booksmart, but there's a lot in this as well, and I think it's just a bit more mature than Booksmart. Um, uh, so Booksmart and, and Animals are really two of my favorites of the year. Um, big surprises from those. I wasn't really expecting too much from them. Uh, Booksmart I did, ha did have a bit of expectations for because I'm a fan of Lily Wilde and her directing, but we talked about Booksmart last week. Um, but uh, the only downside I think to this film is I, I'm very aware of like novel dialogue 
and uh, every time I hear it in a film, it definitely sounds like it's coming from a book. Uh, I had the same problem when I was watching, um, the other day I was watching Trouble with Bliss, which was uh, one of Brie Larson's earlier films from 2011, I believe, with uh, Michael C. Hall. And her character, Stephanie, has a lot of um, a lot of dialogue that sounds really booky. And uh, it's and there's a lot of that in this as well, definitely from the character of Tyler, played by Laura Shawkat. So I definitely caught that, and that can be pretty jarring for some people if they're not used to hearing, um, you know... There, because there are some adaptations that movies just like Chuck. They don't want to use any of the words from the, from the from the book, and they'll go with film dialogue to make it sound more realistic. Um, but there are also some films that like to stick to their guns and actually put some of the source material within the film. So there's a lot of most of Tyler's dialogue is sounds very bookish. So um, not the actual word bookish, but it sounds very novel like. And I, I, as I said, I just caught the same thing. I was watching Travel Bliss um, as well. Didn't hate the film, um, but there was just a lot of that. And uh, it, this, I will say that Travel Bliss wasn't as good as Animals. Um, I will uh, let slip. But uh, yeah, that's Animals. Um, it's playing at Sydney Film Fest. If you, if you happen to go to Sydney Film Fest, it's uh, playing at Sydney Film Fest. I believe the festival starts on Saturday or Friday, I believe. Um, I think it's uh, Friday. Did I put Fest? Oh, I didn't. I, didn't. I just put Fest. Because <laughs> uh, Sydney Film Festival and Sydney Festival are two different things. Uh, June 5th. So, actually, tomorrow. Tomorrow, actually. So, it starts tomorrow and it goes to the 17th of, um, 17th of uh, June. And uh, there's a lot of different films playing there. Some of them are, I'm, I'm, I have already seen. Um, they got a, a few late announcers as well. Booksmart was one of them. So if you want, as if you heard from Booksmart from last week, and you want to check out Booksmart. It's playing at Sydney Film Festival. Not sure about how many tickets are left anyway. Um, there's a few part. I think there's a, there's some flexi passes left. Um, uh, again, I'm not too sure, but there's a lot of movies playing in that movie. I'm not going to go through the whole schedule here because this is not going to be solely about the Sydney Film Festival, but uh, these films just happen to be playing at Sydney Film Festival. So, um, But you can check on their website. You can go to uh, www.sff.org.au and you can see, you can get a whole list of um, all the films that are playing and what times they're playing. And there's a lot of films that have conflicting times of other films as well. So you can get a whole list of what's going on there. You can get all the festival info. Uh, the Palm Door winner, Parasite, is playing at Sydney Film Festival as well. Um, and I just know that uh, really wanted to check that one out. Um, so I guess I have to wait. I'll have to wait till that one comes out here in um, Australia. So uh, yeah, Animals was definitely um, one of the good ones I saw. Uh, moving on to a film called Lady World. Uh, it's directed by Amanda Kramer, written by Amanda Kramer, and it's about uh, eight teenage girls um, who are definitely, it seems they're going through puberty uh, while there's an earthquake happening. And um, they're kind of stuck in this house. And um, look, I like the concept. Uh, the concept's interesting. I haven't really... I know this kind of stems from kind of like, it's kind of like a female version of Lord of the Flies, but um, 
I just thought the execution, which is, it just could have been better. And I guess like made more sense. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of art house. Um, I don't know why I pronounce it like that. I'm a big fan of art house, but this is just at some points, this just gets just too strange. I think for my, for even for my liking, um, like I got a little details and everything. She puts a few modern spins into it. It's, um, like instead of uh, war paint, um, I believe someone mentioned this in one of their um, reviews. Instead of war paint, they use it's, it's a lot of makeup. Their girls just do their face with just this crazy makeup, um, and that could like stem to different um, you know media platforms such as YouTube or Facebook, anything like that that they've learnt from. So she kind of injects a bit of 2018, 2019 into it. Um, but I will just say that um, I just thought at times that one of the worst things I thought was the the, the score, the really weird and chanting and humming. Um, like it's it's really abrasive. It's uh, like I get that it it can you can be used for a bit of tension. And it, it's used to um, uh, you know, put people on edge or maybe jar them if, if you wanted to, the filmmaker wanted to. But uh, honestly, it be, honestly became maddening um, at times. And I, it, it was really, it got very, very annoying. Um, and I just wanted this, this to stop. But there's just so many sequences within the film that have that kind of stuff. Now, uh, I'm not a woman, so I wouldn't... Maybe if uh, they, you could resonate, uh, like a friend of mine... I was watching it with us as well. Um, she made a joke, but uh, like she didn't see most of the film. But she made a joke. that's like, oh well, look, listen to you guys telling me about a film about you know women, and uh, so I was just going off my um, perspective of the of the film. It could work for um, people that are uh, you know not the same gender as I am. I, don't, I know a friend of mine that would probably like this movie, but I just wasn't for me. I'll just say it wasn't for me. This review is not supposed to spur you away from it or anything like that. It just wasn't for me. Um, it was very, 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 very strange. I think it was too strange, and the score just became maddening, and uh, I was getting very, very annoyed by it. Also, the performances were just all over the place, and uh, yeah, and then it just ends, and then you're like, okay, so yeah, that's that one. Uh, not much of a recommendation for me, but again, if you do want to check it out, if you like the concept, anything like that, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna sway you from watching it, so. Um, I'll just I'll just remind you though it does get very very strange. Next up is a little uh, little weird, bit of a weird one. Uh, it's called Here Comes Hell, and it's it's a nineteen thirties film, um, but looks like it's been made in the nineteen thirties, and it's about these guests that go to a dinner party, and they have this kind of uh, medium come in, and she invites demons and. Uh, I guess everyone gets possessed and, and there's a lot of violence and silliness that ensues. Uh, this was a lot of, lot of fun. Um, it's got, you know, it's got like, look like they were stars at the time. Um, some really attractive faces and, uh, they all put them into one room and then just let a whole bunch of cheesiness play out. There's a lot, there's one liners, there's cliches like just on purpose. It knows exactly what kind of film it is. Um, there's a final girl, um, it's a lot of not of a lot of horror cliches from back then, all just put into this really really fun um, eighty minute film. And uh, you know, 
I know some people that are like, not really used to the black and white and uh, uh, not much creativity like obviously would go into some of those films the camera angles are very repetitive and um, sometimes could get boring but uh, I, I don't really again that doesn't, really, doesn't really sway me I just look at the film as itself and I just had a lot of fun with this one uh, there's a lot yeah there's just a lot of cheesiness so much cheesiness in one film and uh, it's got a great like the title suits it well um, love I love I also love the poster as well it's it's very it makes you think there's a there's a you know you know it's it's, it's in the 1930s but it was made in about 2018 I believe it's made in 2018 but it comes out in 2019 uh, and I've never really seen anything like it uh, I've never really seen much it seems to be a massive parody film and i've just never really seen anything that attempts to do what this movie does and uh i really really had a good time with it i really enjoyed it um, i will say though it's better with a few drinks um because you can riff on it and you can um, talk talk through it a bit uh, but if you want to pay attention and stuff and but and still kind of mess around you can still do that but i will say it's better with drinks and it's better with a lot of friends and you're all drinking and having fun um and that's what we did last night. We uh, had a few, a uh, bit of a six pack between us and uh, watched the film. And we did, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Let's have. So that's Here Comes Hell. And uh, I believe that's coming out. It's either already out or coming out soon. Alicia. Alicia. Sorry about that. I saw someone's name. <laughs> and finally, I want to uh, finish off with Happy New Year, Colin Burstead. Uh, it's written and directed by Ben Wheatley, who um, you, he did a lot of films like A Field in England, uh, Sightseers, which was produced by Edgar Wright, Down Terrace, uh, but most people will know him from uh, Kill List, which is one of the ones that kind of got him a bit of attention. Uh, Kill List, High Rise, and then uh, a lot of people do know him from Free Fryer because uh, that seems to be more of the mainstream film that he did and uh, he's followed uh, that up with Happy New Year, Colin Burstead. And it's got a bit of a uh, Field of England vibe. It's got a bit of... Because um, it's based mostly about these characters interacting with each other in one location. And, um, and it, it, this premise seems interesting because it's about a guy that... Um, he hires a big mansion for his family to and spend New Year's in. And then uh, it's all contest. He's kind of position in the family is contested when his brother um, David, who's played by, because I've seen him before. Um, oh, don't make me do this. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Sam Riley. That's it. Because I've seen him before. Sam Riley. I've seen him before in um, Pride and Prejudice and uh, Zombies. And he played um, Mr. Darcy. But he plays uh, his brother David in the film. And uh, he's supposed to be... Um, everybody, everyone like really likes David. They really, um, And they think that he's... You know, Colin's got a bit of a uh, god complex, also. He loves to be loved. He likes to make be the centre of attention. And I, I'd say most of the family does, actually. This is pretty much... The Burstheads are a bunch of cunts, if you want to talk about it like that. Um... And uh, there's a lot of fighting and bickering in the film. Uh, 
So that, and that's where it kind of loses it for me. Um, again, it's it, the premise is interesting because you can you can have a lot of fun with a family drama because you know families are you know some are dysfunctional, some are just insane, and uh, you know you can have a lot of um, there's a lot of creativity there. What you, what you can do between each family members or you know uh, the zaniness and the um, and how bizarre you can get. And it'd be a really entertaining stuff. But the problem with this film is, it's like, it's not. Um, it's It seems very improv. I don't think there's a script. It doesn't, I don't, I, there might be a script. Apparently there is because Ben really wrote one. But it's a lot of, it's, it feels like the actors are going off script at times and just improving and just, you know, yelling at each other and everything. It's just a lot of fights back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's just a lot of scenes like that. A lot of scenes just of characters fighting with each other and nothing really happens. Um, I don't really like to say the phrase nothing film, but this really is a nothing film. Uh, I've never really used that phrase before for anything because um, people like to use that phrase for like some slow films. Like for example, High Life, someone used the phrase a nothing film. But to me, in High Life, there's you know there's a goal in that movie for the main character of uh, Robert Pattinson's character, um, and then there's a, and there's and and it's entertaining, and you've it, it's it might be a slow burn, but there's a lot of things that happen along the way that kind of keep you interested in the film. This just has this is just they shot this in a house with a very cheap camera, and um, just shot people having fights with each other. Like these are all the worst people on the planet you can think of. And it's almost like a shit version of Always Sunny, but the whole family is a shit. Um, and it just, it almost, it just gets aimless at times. It doesn't go anywhere. And then the film just ends. And uh, I didn't even know it ended. I didn't even know it ended. And it was like, it said something of, you've been watching. And I was like, is this part of the film? And then it does the cast. I was like, so that's it? Uh, so that was a bit of a, it was a bit disappointing. Because, uh, you know, Wheatley's films are a bit of a mixed bag, uh, but I do tend to mo- like most of them. And uh, this one was just, re- yeah, it was just very disappointing. I wasn't uh, uh, wasn't a fan of this one. Wasn't a fan of this one. I- and I've been looking forward to this one because I-, I do like a bit of drama and a bit of black comedy. But again, when you have not really, I mean, if you have a script, I, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't there. I didn't feel it. Uh, but just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. And uh, so, not a recommendation for me for this one. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say waste your time with this one. Really, I, I don't think. Like, I, I would think that people would like. Some people would like Lady World, but this one, I just. Uh, I mean, maybe they could find some interest in it, but it's just nothing. A whole lot of nothing happens. And it's just words, 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 scenes, different, and it's all shot on a shaky cam, uh, not shaky cam, just all shot on handheld, and it just seems to be going, all right, so this, let's do something in this room now, okay, right, well, okay, well, that's that's getting, that's going nowhere, okay, let's go to this room, oh, that's going nowhere again, okay, let's go upstairs to the bedroom, oh, that's going nowhere, oh, basement now, and going nowhere, okay, what the fuck's going on? So, I, I'm not, uh, not sure what happened with this one, but uh, not a... Can't recommend this one, guys. Can't recommend this one. So, um, bit unfortunate, but sometimes you do get duds like that. 
and uh, I don't really think it really really serve anyone. So uh, that's it. That's those are all the films I uh, wanted to talk about this week. Um, let's get to our main kind of uh, news story going on, uh, and I think everyone has a bit of a hint of what I'm talking about. Uh, and I'm talking about Robert Pattinson is our new Batman. Uh, it was officially announced by um, Deadline uh, last week, uh, but they were the ones. They also said, "Was it? Was it? Was it actually Deadline? I'm not too sure who released it, but it's it's official now. Like it's Matt Reeves put out a tweet. Um, a tweet that was a picture of uh, Robert from uh, Good Time playing Connie from Good Time." And some bad emojis. So, I mean, if you want to hear it from the director, then you know it's true. And uh, I mean, that's 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 the most you can get, really. <laughs> if you want if you want some confirmation, the director himself. I mean, I'm going to believe that because uh, there was conflicting reports of who was going to be Batman leading up to. I mean, for the the last few weeks, really. I mean, we've had a lot of speculation of who is going to take that spot, who's going to take the mantle now that Ben Affleck has stepped down. And we're all, we're kind of wondering who's who's going to um, take that, and there's a lot of front runners. Army Hammer was kind of a front runner for a bit, and then he quickly shut that down. And uh, for the last few weeks, the word's been Robert Pattinson, and uh, it's been officially confirmed. Um, there was also a bit of a um, article saying that uh, Nicholas Holt and Robert Pattinson were kind of screen testing, battling each other, and uh, that was screen testing for the part, but both for the part of Batman. And uh, but now we have it. Robert Pattinson is Batman, uh, and I'm I'm very happy about this. Uh, I think Robert Pattinson will be a great Batman, a great Bruce Wayne. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very very happy about this. I know that some people have only seen him in Twilight. I assure you, I assure you, Robert Pattinson is one of the best actors working today. Um, he is incredible in Good Time. He is fantastic in, um, he's very underrated, I reckon, in The Rover, a uh, little film with, um, with uh, Guy Pierce. He's very underrated in that film. And uh, I started to kind of be like, oh, all right, because like, you got, I think it was Water for Elephants was one of the first kind of f- serious ones he did. And I wasn't really, I mean, that was Reese Witherspoon, wasn't it? I wasn't really... I was like, eh, okay. I guess it was the story that didn't really interest me that much. But when I saw him in the rover, I was I was just like, oh, okay, this he could have something here. And then uh, it, it wasn't really until good time where I was like, holy shit. Uh, he, can, he, can, he can do this shit. And like, first of all, I was rooting for Kristen, Kristen Stewart, because um, I think she's great as well. But I was like, and then everyone's saying, oh, Kristen's doing some work too. So she's actually she's actually good, and I will say there's a lot of people are still saying like oh they're they're, they're just the people from Twilight they can't act. I mean, have you seen? I mean, there's a lot of films that Kristen has done where she's been really good, and uh, for Robert Pattinson, I have to recommend Good Time. It's one it's a fantastic film, very fast, very kinetic. Um, Robert Pattinson is he's, he's so good in that movie. He's so good. He plays a character that I've never really think he would he would really play and he's he's just he's quite unlikable but at the same time you're rooting for him uh, that's the kind of character that you want really um, well not really you want a likable character obviously but you want it like you want you want something that you're going to root for in the film unlike Colin Burstead I wouldn't really care about anyone in that film 
Um, he's also greatly great in High Life, which I talked about a few weeks ago with um, from Claire Denis. He's really good in that movie. Um, and don't forget, guys, before Twilight, he was Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter. So, um, and he, he was good. He was good as Cedric. Just didn't have enough screen time, I guess. But, um, yeah. If I'm going to recommend something for Robert, definitely um, good time. Um, people have been saying that uh, he's also good in Cosmopolis as well. I mean, I thought it was okay. Uh, I think it just could have been better, I guess, better directed. And a bit of bit of all-around script but um, I will agree with those people though if you can if you combine his character from Cosmopolis and put it with his character from either the Rover or Good Time you get Batman you got your Bruce Wayne from Cosmopolis and you get your Batman from those films because um, there's a lot of back there's a lot of bit of there's a lot of fights as well in Good Time and uh, have you seen the man's jawline he looks incredible He looks, he, his jawline could cut glass. He's, he's got a fantastic little, little, uh, little jaw there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, pretty over the moon for him. Um, I've been waiting for him to get a good shot at something. Um, I don't really care if it was going to be a superhero film, but I mean, to be the Batman, that is something special. Um, I just hope he pulls through there. Uh, I really I like Matt Reeves as a director as well, so I've got some uh, faith there. I mean, originally we had Ben Affleck directing, writing, and starring, producing as well, um, but now since he's stepped down from we we, all, we we know he's no longer the Batman, obviously because of this new announcement, and uh, he's not directing anymore because he chose Matt Reeves to direct, and I, I mean I believe that Matt Matt Reeves now has thrown out Ben Affleck's script because Ben Affleck had written the original screenplay. Um, his, the original screenplay for Batman for the Batman was written by Affleck and I believe that um, that uh, Matt has thrown that out and using a, a new just a completely new script for it uh, he wanted to start from scratch his, his quotes not mine he uh, wanted to start from scratch so so there you go um so, because we have our Batman now, who are going to be our villains? Who? What's going to be the story? We know that Matt Reeves wants to do a bit of a noir detective story, but who are going to be our kind of uh, um, our rogues gallery? Uh, I think we know the Penguin will be in it. I think Matt Reeves slipped that the Penguin be in it again. I think I've talked about my dream casting for the Penguin and. Um, the villains here, but I think I really think Josh Gad would be a good penguin. Uh, that's that's my pick for the penguin. Uh, and if Nicholas Holt couldn't get Batman, I mean I couldn't really see Nicholas Holt really as Batman. Really, I mean I do think he has good good performances, but I just think he's going to suit a villain role much much better, uh, especially from his performances from Kill Your Friends and definitely from his cheekiness from The Favorite. I think that Nicholas Holt could be a good Riddler. Um, could be a really good Riddler and um, if you want to go down you know Batman Forever territory you want to slip Catwoman in there as well we could have a new Catwoman and I've been rooting for her I've been, you know, I've been pushing for her ever since they could um, they said that Catwoman could be used I'd really like to see Isa Gonzalez as Catwoman um, loved her in Baby Driver and uh, I think she can really 
I think she can really pull that role off. She has she has the sexiness. She has, uh, you know, if they give her some training, like I, I'm I'm just thinking of, uh, I mean, I was yeah, probably won't get such good training as Charlize Theron gets it for uh, Atomic Blonde. I just think of her when I think of action females because Atomic Blonde is such a, when it comes to the fights, such a great film. It's like the female Jane, people dub it Jane Wick for a good reason. Um, and if she, if she gets. I think she'd be she'd be I think she could be a good Selena Kyle, and uh, I think she'd be an even better um, Catwoman. Love to see her in the suit to take up that mantle. Uh, so that, that's what kind of my dream cast for those for the characters there. I don't know if we're getting like a new Two Face or anything like that. We have if we get more information, I'll be sure to report on that. Uh, well, not really report on that. <laughs> Who am I working for Variety now? <laughs> um, I'll be sure to talk about that on the um, podcast. But we got our Batman. We hopefully will get our villain soon, and I'm very keen for the Batman. The Batman's going to hit June 21st, 2021. It's going to be directed by, written and directed by Matt Reeves. Um, it's going to focus on a younger Batman, as I said. So it's going to really focus on his formative years, I guess, and it, and it focus on more of the detective work um, that Matt Matt has said. They will focus on more detective work instead of being more about, you know, kind of trying to save Gotham. Uh, so looking forward to that. I'm, I'm uh, interested to see what direction he will take with the film. Um, people want Beyond. People want Long Halloween. I don't, yeah, not sure. That's about it. I think that's like that's literally it. I mean, looking at box office, uh, Godzilla came in with 49 million. A bit uh, lackluster for a franchise like uh, the Monster Universe that. Um, they're trying to build there but um, and I'm pretty sure we have uh, Aladdin behind that and John Wick I think is number three I think anyway point is that Godzilla is the king of the king of the monsters and the king of the box office at 49 million just thought they would make a bit more money but uh, didn't really um uh, get in there because I think people are still going to see Aladdin. I'm hearing good things. My friend went and saw it uh, yesterday. Said it's the, one of the best movies I've seen this year. I'm seeing it Thursday night. I really see Rocket Man, but uh, I'm also seeing Aladdin on um, Thursday night around 7 p.m. So I'll be sure to talk about that next week. Um, and hopefully I'll have a fucking sea clamp by then because uh, this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is hurting uh, my arm. This is uh, putting a very big strain on my arm at the moment, and I can't swap anything because I'm like using my phone in my right hand, and I'm using the book, my other like my other book in my fucking uh, my other right hand. Oh, sorry, a bit of noise there. Uh, I'm using the phone and the book with with my right hand, and you know holding the microphone like Mercury with my uh, left hand. Holding it to my mouth. But the thing, is, the good thing is, I can talk, you know, as loudly as I want because we have this big pop filter in front of it, so I don't, at, uh, the words don't sound too shit, or and I don't, uh, you know, I'm not yelling into the microphone. And if I would yell, I'd, I'd yell. So uh, finally, let's get around to the trailers. What's going on with the trailers? What trailers did we get? Well, let's bloody have a look at it. So, uh, we got, first of all, I want to talk about, um, we got a trailer for Rambo Last Blood, which is supposed to be the last Rambo film. 
We don't know for sure if it will be the last Rambo film, but it looks like um, it may be. I mean, Sylvester, I mean, Stallone's getting old, so, I mean, maybe. Um, it's directed by Adrian Grunberg, or Grunberg, having to say his name, written by Matthew Cyrulnik and David Morell. Um, oh no, it's based off by the characters of obviously David Morell, but the writing, the uh, script of this film is going to be written by Matthew Sorolnik or Sorol Korolnik. I don't know how you want to pronounce that. I'm sorry, sir, if I'm butchering that name. But um, it looks like we're getting kind of Rambo Logan kind of going on here. Uh, he's trying to live on a farm. There's looks like some cartels happening. They're coming in. And he's taking care of him. I mean, there's not really... You know, you don't really go to Rambo to look for the deep story. It's mostly the action and the violence, right? I mean, that definitely was the plan with the fourth one when they went to Burma. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I uh, the trailer looks good. It looks like they're going for a bit of a... As I said, a bit of a Logan thing. I mean, and now it just seems uh, kind of... Uh, routine, I guess, to say that um, if you're going for a, kind of like an old man style, like last mission kind of thing, everyone says, "Oh, it looks like they're going for a Logan thing." Because how you know how good that film executed that that premise of uh, Logan, his last you know hurrah, and that's why people are you know honest, honestly say that like, "Oh, this is this is their Logan," or "This is this is going to be like a Logan type film." Um, and that just that just goes to like the the uh, efforts that James Mangold pulled off of that film. But uh, again, it looks fun. I'm pretty keen. Uh, we'll probably I've seen all the Rambo's, so I'll probably um, may watch it in the cinema. See how we go. Comes out September. So I get keen for that. Is it is it uh, John Rambo's last ride, or will he ride again? We'll find out September. Let's move on now to the uh, to the uh, the kitchen. We've got a trailer for the kitchen, which is uh, Tiffany Haddish, Elizabeth Moss, and um, Melissa McCarthy. Bit of a surprise there. Bit of a surprise, really, with Tiffany Haddish as well. She's more mostly comedic actress, but looks like we're stepping in a bit of a dramatic role here um, with these these three women here. Oh, I know Elizabeth Moss has done drama before, but. Um, Tadish and uh, McCarthy stepping up to deliver more of a um, a serious turn. I know that we had uh, McCarthy just nominated for an Oscar for Can You Ever Forgive Me? But it looks like we're going full mafia boss here. Um, so The Kitchen is written and directed by Andrea or Andrea Berloff. And uh, it's about uh, the wives of New York gangsters in Hell's Kitchen in the 1970s. Uh, they continue to run the operation while their husbands are locked up in prison. They continue to run their rackets. So I kind of think like a mafia thing going on, but the ladies are taking over this time. Uh, looks pretty. Looks pretty fun. Uh, I, I I'm interested to see what will happen with um, McCarthy and Haddish uh, going a bit more. I mean, Haddish especially going a bit more serious, um, but I think she could handle herself. Um, really loved McCarthy and um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? So I think she can handle herself here. It, that's, that's the thing. It just depends on the director and the writer you're working with and what they want from you. And that's why 
most of the time, Ben Falcone, her husband, her, his films just don't work with her because they can just do whatever the fuck they want. And uh, they make the most terrible jokes I've ever seen in any comedy films. And that's just unfortunate. <laughs> that's unfortunate. But that's just it. That's the, uh, the truth, really. But it looks interesting. Um... I can definitely see it's going to come under a lot of trouble of obviously glamorizing these, even though they're women, um, still being, um, you know, seen as like these kind of uh, goddesses of crime, even though these are, you know, they're criminals. And I know a few of my mates that not not them with that. They don't like seeing the films that kind of uh, glamorize criminals. But... Um, Again, I guess we'll see what's going on. The trailer doesn't really seem to do it. I mean, there could be hints, but I wasn't. I don't really get anything. I've seen a lot of mafia films. Some of the best films are mafia films. The Godfather, Goodfellas. So um, that looks it looks interesting. Uh, I'm not too sure when that comes out though. So moving on to uh, Disney Pixar, and this one's called Onward. And it's got Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, who are our main two kind of elf brothers. And uh, they live in kind of a modern society that have been um, relinquished of their magic. And uh, they go on an adventure. And that's all we got from the trailer. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it got me excited. It actually got me excited. Um, I didn't just look at it and just go, what, what the fuck? Because uh, I, I looked at the... Uh, the the poster and I didn't really you know I'm not really I wasn't uh, taken in by uh, the voice acting of um, Tom Holland Chris Pratt I was like okay this looks a bit weird bit weird, bit of a weird direction for Disney going and I thought that with Coco but Coco ended up being a fantastic film so um, you know never you know don't judge too early and then I watched the trailer and I was like oh shit okay this could be this could be interesting because I think I've seen a lot of you know, a lot of fantasy sci-fi, and, uh, especially a lot of fantasy, and I was like, how are they going to do this, and I, I just, I like the kind of, you know, it looks like we're living in a bit of a magic world, and then that magic is disappearing, it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to sound too cheesy, but like, today's world, like, um, there can be magic in the world, but there's a lot, so a lot of seriousness to it, and a lot of routine, mundane, mundaneness to it, um, and it looks like that's what's happening in, um, this trailer there's some unicorns eating out of the trash uh i think there's i saw an elephant on their phone or something and uh so it's just a teaser trailer which is what a teaser trailer should be um not uh hobbs and shaw teaser trailer which is what three three minutes long four nearly four minutes long it was a teaser teaser trailer so uh, i think some films don't understand the concept of teaser trailers uh, but this one was a nice... I mean, this was two minutes, but it, it definitely gave you a feel. I think a teaser trailer, what it should do is it should give you a feel for the world and a feel for the characters and kind of, um, you know, set up that world and and just know your protagonist, know what you got to follow. It's your story, and that's it. Bang, title card, coming soon. Whatever the fuck you want to do after that, the date, anything. That's what I think a teaser trailer should be. Not just show pretty much every single fucking action sequence in the film. Um, like what we got with the Dark Fates teaser trailer, which again is only three minutes long. And it was just CGI bullshit. So, um, so it looks good. Almond looks good. It looks, uh, I'm a bit intrigued. Color me intrigued. 
I've gone from eh to it. Okay, I'll uh, I'll keep my eye on you. So that's onward. Uh, we also got a trailer for Ford versus Ferrari. This is the next film from Logan's director, James Mangold. It's about uh, Carol Shelby and Ken Miles, played by Matt Damon and Christian Bale. They battle corporate interference to build a revolutionary car for Ford to race against Ferrari in the 24 Hours of Le Mans in, 1990, in 1966. And uh, this looks really good. It looks... Um, I love I love the look of it. It looks good, um, in the, and I feel like you're gonna have. I'm going to come out in November. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna have some Oscar performances here, maybe from Bale and uh, Damon again. Uh, imagine Bale getting, <laughs> getting nominated again, but for Ford and Ferrari this time around. Um, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, that'd be insane. This is just shows you how good Bale is. Um, you also got John Bernthal in there. I, I saw him in there. Noah Jupe's in there. Noah Jupe also, funnily enough, is in one of the other trailers I want to talk about. Um, oh, was it Noah Jupe? Oh no, I was thinking. I was thinking of the Ford and Ferrari trailer. Uh, but it looks. It looks. Uh, looks. I like it. I uh, definitely will be going to see it. Um, it looks interesting. I don't really know the story of, of what of what this happened of you know, what happened here, but, uh, again, again, color me interested, love the filmmaker, James Mangold, um, look, I, I like the Wolverine, all right, shoot me, I like the Wolverine, and I fucking loved Logan, so, um, and I liked, I thought Walk the Line was a good, um, sorry, a great biography, um, biopic, sorry, so, I, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, Mangold as a filmmaker, and I think you can hit it, hit it here, um, it looks very, very interesting. I mean, and, and obviously your performers are going to, you know, bring people in. So, got no problem there. We got Bale and Damon. Shit. And uh, finally, guys, we got a trailer for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, this is, I'm not even going to, I'm going to say Andre Overdoll. Overdoll is directing this one. Um, but we know it's from, it's coming from Guillermo del Toro, um, and it's about the, the, uh, the series of books, I think it was a series of books, or just one book, of lots of scary stories where, um, a, a book has been opened, and demons are released into the, uh, world, and, uh, pretty much that's what's happened, happened in the trailer, uh, it, first of all, this film looks gorgeous, looks absolutely fucking gorgeous, um, loving the um, cinematography and um, just the color going on in it. Um, I think it's got some really great s sequences that I've seen from the trailer. Don't know if I'll be watching this one in cinemas <laughs> because I'm a bit of a bitch, but um, oh, I am interested nonetheless. Uh, you've also got a kind of uh, lesser known cast. I haven't really heard of any of these guys. So. Um, I mean, who knows? One of them could, could there could be a turn for someone here. Um, I like the look of them more. And uh, but I think it's mostly what people are going to go for is obviously the horror and uh, the sequences that they'll see in the film. I and mean, we we saw the teaser trailers from before the pimple on the girl's face, the uh, the scarecrow, 
the posters, the teaser posters look good. I mean, the posters, I'm a big fan of the posters. Nice and tight all there, and then you've got your scary monster in the background. I think it's, I think they've done well, the posters there. Um, yeah, I, um, this looks really, really interesting. I'm, I'm worried though, because there's a few jump scares in the trailer. I'm worried we're just going to go bang, bang, moment, beat, 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 jump scare. All right, next, beat, 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 jump scare. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to deal with that stuff. I like more of an atmospheric feel, like kind of It Follows. Um, I know It Follows does have a bit of some scares to it, but um, I like kind of, I like an atmosphere being set, and I definitely got that from this trailer. A bit of an atmosphere. A world has been opened, literally, when you open a book about scary stories. So, um, yeah, I am, uh, I'll keep an eye on this one. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure my friends that are horror fans will go and watch it, but uh, I'll keep an eye on this one. It's looking good. And, I mean, I trust Guillermo del Toro. I think he's a great filmmaker. Um, I don't know what he's doing next. Because um, I think he's working on the screenplay as well. Yeah, he is. He's working on the screenplay as well. And uh, his next film, I think, is... Ah, uh... oh, yeah, Pinocchio, right? And now he's also doing Nightmare Alley. He's writing a new script called Nightmare Alley. Which may have Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Or is it... Has he got him? Rumoured. Right. Um, but... Oh, Carnival Row. Oh, okay. He's working on that series, series as well. Interesting. Okay, right. Well, it looks like his next film is Pinocchio. Um, which... Which is, yep, seems like something he'd do. He loves bringing fantasy to life, especially monsters. But mostly he likes giving of um, fantasy. Looks like he obviously will probably go over a bit of a PG feel. But I know that he wants to make it a bit darker. So maybe not. Uh, yeah, a darker version of the classic children's fairy tale. So he might go a bit dark with this one. And you know what? Let him. Let's fucking go all the Torah. Let him go crazy. Um, what we do know is we're probably going to get a lot of great production design with Pinocchio, I'll say that. Because he never hits out of the park every single fucking time when it comes to production design. Um, but back to Scary Stories and Tell in the Dark. Um, yeah, I'm interested in this one. I just hope it doesn't go down your kind of generic horror route. Lots of jump scares all around. all around, And I think it, I really hope it focuses more on the atmosphere that these monsters kind of um, set for the film. And... Um, the tension there's so much tension in this trailer I got I think it's a great trailer so um yeah color me is uh I'll keep an eye on color me is I'll keep an eye on it if that makes any fucking sense <laughs> uh right so before I head off uh, I just want to remind you guys that you can uh, send your questions into um, you can either contact me on uh, Instagram at my just normal not one page Kyle Cruz or you can jump into the podcast page KC Movies Podcast and send some questions through there currently I didn't think I'd get anything oh I did get some questions there we go <laughs> there we go so let's answer let's uh, let's let's answer these ones do we get one on the other one as well alright cool Okay, all right. So mostly, if you want to check out, the, uh, just go to my main page, Kyle Cruz. You can send those questions through there, and uh, I'll I'll answer those um, right right now, really. 
Um, so whatever you sent through, let's, let's go through them. So our first question is, uh, Aladdin is better than Short Turn 12. Changed my mind. Uh, I haven't seen Aladdin, so I can't... Uh, I can't... Um, <laughs> comment on that <laughs> but I guess uh, I guess I'll know when I see Aladdin on Thursday night uh, but I, I Shorts and 12 is one of my favourite movies of all time so I doubt that's going to really fucking change my mind um, I'm not going to do much to convince this particular person but um, Shorts and 12 is fantastic one of is Brie Larson's best performance in my opinion a great performance as well from Caitlin Deaver and John Gallagher Jr. This one just says, who is Don Cheadle? Uh, John Cheadle is an actor. Uh, best known for playing War Machine in the Marvel films, but also really good in Hotel Rwanda. And um, I heard he's really good on that show. Uh, uh, that show he does with Kristen Bell. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, fucking... Show, it's on Showtime. Uh, House of Lies. That's it. That's a lot. Who's good on there? So there you go. That's that's who Don Cheadle is. Uh, this one says favorite Marvel moment. Uh yeah, that's a that's a hard one. I've got to choose from fucking twenty two films here. Oh man, uh, I really like the kind of splash page moment from Avengers One, whether you see them all together. Love that one. I love the elevator scene from Captain America: Winter Soldier. I also like the beginning fucking fight scene on the boat, but I think the elevator scene's good. I think the fist fight is one of the best fights in the Marvel, in the MCU between him and um, between him and Winter Soldier on the uh, highway. Uh, fuck man, there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, spoilers for a lot of spoilers for the MCU here because I might find something that could spoil it. Um, I, I I definitely want to say my one of my favorites is the uh, the final battle scene from Endgame. It's it's fucking incredible. Um, even the all when all the girls are there or all our female superheroes are on the screen that's good but I that that final battle moment um, is uh, it's just fan, it's it's fucking jaw dropping it's incredible uh, but there's a lot of really tiny ones okay so if, if I had to choose one big one I mean because I really really liked it and we get this is this is a an earned moment I feel over 22 films of superheroes of these kind of superheroes I think my favourite one will probably be is the final Avengers the final and finally said Avengers Assemble from Captain America from Endgame I mean that was I mean I, I my draw dropped fucking the the <laughs> like both times when I saw it twice in the cinema so uh, probably probably that if I, if I had to go and answer one I've, I had to really think about it though but that's definitely one of them uh, this one is a this one's another uh, very broad one what's your favorite movie this year uh, so I'll be talking about just just a heads up I'll be talking about all me all of the best movies so far this year I think either next week or the week after because that'll be that'll be my uh, half year list so I get to that I'm just gonna go through my list of films here Um yeah there's this uh, I mean endgame is definitely one of them uh, maybe top three, but um, I mean I love High Life as well. Love Booksmart, Us. 
Oh man, I can't really pick one. It's fucked. Picking one? Are you kidding me? John Wick three. God damn. Drive across concrete. Fuck me. Oh man. Um, look, I'll give you a top five. How about that? I'll give you. I'll give you a top five in no particular order. So Endgame is one of them. Avengers Endgame. Us is one of them. Book Smart is one of them. Uh, Drag the Cross Concrete is one of them. And the house that Jack built. Um, and Animals. There you go. I'll give you six. Animals. And uh, fuck it. I'll give you seven. John Wick 3. <laughs> I'll give you seven. <laughs> Uh, John, John, John Wick 3 is fantastic so um, and after thinking about it yes it is my favourite of the uh, of the of the three I'm saying it I'm saying it it's my favourite of the three there you go um, but oh man I mean like a, like a full on like favourite one that really just I mean it's either books my us or Avengers Endgame those are my top three so uh, you know, it's that'd be hard. I mean, a fourth one would be animals because I really, really enjoyed animals. So, I, mean, I can't really answer that one, but you'll definitely get more of it. Uh, I mean, you got rid of a hint there, but you'll get more of a hint uh, either next week or the week after when I do my half half list. Might even be next week. I might do two podcasts next week and uh, knock that one out as well. So, thanks for that question. And finally, uh, can you recommend any foreign films I haven't heard of or watched? Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I would need to know what films you've seen. Uh, but if I want to recommend recommend three foreign films off the top of my head, um, I think I'd, I recently watched a really good Russian film called, I believe it's Russian, called Girl. Um, that was really good. Uh, one of my favorite foreign films of all time is The Hunt, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Um, I think In the Fade's good with Diane Kruger. Uh, Blue is Warmest Color is a really good film it's also three hours long so prepare for that and the director after after hearing about the filmmaking about it though I'm not too crazy about it anymore but uh, I still think it's a good film but after hearing the filmmaking process and what the, that director put those two ladies through uh, I'm not really a fan of that uh, really I think the dude's a bit of an asshole and his next his new film was just a th- four hour movie about asses so I'm not even kidding. There's there's an article where he talks about where where it says that he and it played at Khan. His 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 movie is about asses. It's four hours long. It's about asses. There's a lot of close up shots about asses. I think it came from David Gerlich from um, David Gerlich from uh, IndieWire. Yeah, I think it was just it was just asses. Four hour movie shots of asses for, f- for fucking four hours and it played at Khan. Jesus Christ. Um, I also recommend uh, Thelma, because that was another one that I, I, that I talked about from um, from the Foreign Films podcast from last year. I think it was last year, I think. Uh, that's a good one. And uh, a really good one, though. I think a really good one that I think is really... Because um, those are kind of heavy. I mean, the hunt is heavy as fuck. And uh, the director's new film, Kursk, is also really good too, with um, Colin Firth. Um, but 
I think it's um or is it bad education? I think it's bad education. Bad education. No, that's the that's the I'm thinking the T V series with uh Jack Whitehall. Ah, <laughs> uh, what's that uh bad 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 education no bad bad um it took place it's about uh the tough film in this it took place the the, uh, the sydney uh test with the korean students um good korean film i guess i'll just type in good korean films because i think it's korean i mean we're probably going to get parasite because it just won the palm door um, but it's, I, I'm, fucking, I reckon it's, no, The Handmaiden's good, that's a really good film, holy shit, that's a really good film, uh, The Train to Busan's good, I mean, there's a lot of really good Korean films, so, uh, but I'm thinking of, um, this one that I think you really like, if you want, like, a bit of a laugh as well, I think this one's really good, um, delivered on that, I guess. Um, bad, uh, bad test, bad results, bad test, bad test, bad, okay, let's hang on, Korean films 27, because I believe it came out in 2017, okay, here we go, here we go, we could be getting there, guys, well, I hope just good. No, not the king. Uh, maybe 2018, maybe. Lucid Dream. Oh, you son of a bitch, girl. What are you doing? I'm not giving up on this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not giving up on this. Oh, yeah, Burning's good as well from last year. Um, that was a really good movie. It's all, but it's also three hours long. But it's uh, got uh, Steven Yeun, Glenn from The Walking Dead. He's he's in it. But I think the main actor's good. I forget the name actor's name, but he's he's really good in it too. Uh, so Burning's a really good film from last year. Um, I mean, if you want to go through Oscar nominees from last year, Don't Look Away's good as well, the German film. Um, Cold War's good from last year, Paul Palakowski. Um, uh, look, look. I need to fuck. I need to find this thing. I mean, this movie is like not crazy good, but I just really, really enjoyed it. I think you. I want to give you because I don't think much people. I think it's underrated. I don't think people have really heard of it. Uh, good. Um, uh, I've I've written habits in. I've written habits in, not films. Maybe it's twenty sixteen. Oh, Raw is a good film as well. Um, a French film. Uh, but I know that was that was the film that uh, made people like throw up. So be careful with that one. <laughs> but that's a really really good film. Um, yeah, really 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 good film. Um, Julia DeCurner, she um, she did such a good job with that film. And it's and it's uh, that was the same year the the Handmaiden came out too. So there you go, like two really good foreign films in twenty sixteen. They can watch the Handmaiden and Raw. Um, Handmaiden's going to have a lot of a lot of sex in it. 
and Raw is going to have a lot of violence in it. So there you go. It's a bit of a mix there for you. I will not rest until I find this fucking movie. This podcast will not end. I'll probably I'll probably cut um, some of this out. All right, hold on a second. You know what I'll do? I'm going to pause it. And I'm going to find it. There we go. Okay, so I found it. it it's um, it's a bad genius. It's a Thai film. That's why I got it wrong. It's a, it's a Thai film, but it's a bit of a kind of a kind of a um, dark comedy. And uh, it's about these students that make money by cheating on tests, and it's set in Sydney, Australia. Australia. And uh, she delivers; she has to deliver the um, exam results back to her friends in uh, Thailand. And it's just a really, really—I think it's a really funny movie, but also it's really like it gets dark at times as well. So um, that—that's a big recommendation from me. Um, but I think in the last like few years, I think my recommendations would be for you would be watch The Hunt definitely um, Raw In the Fade Selma sorry Thelma uh, Bad Genius would be one of them as well and if you want to go from one of the best ones um, The Handmaiden is a really great film as well They're pretty long but it's a really good film so uh, those things to, things to go for your questions guys those were fun to answer um, if you want to send me those questions for next week, I'll put up another thing on my Instagram. So if you want to get on there, you follow me on Instagram at Cole Cruz, or you can follow the KC Movies Podcast Instagram at just KC Movies Podcast. And I send me some questions my way, and I'll answer them on the podcast. And we have a fun thing we do now at the end of it, the tail end. Uh, next week I'll be talking about, possibly talking about the uh, the half list. I'll be probably doing that. Uh, I'll see what date I've done it last year, and I'll try and match that. Um, so I stay a bit consistent. But um, we'll be talking about that next week. And we'll be talking about Aladdin next week. Maybe Rocketman next week. Who knows? But pro- probably, most likely, Aladdin next week will be talked about on there. Yep. Then, and uh, guys, if you want to follow the podcast, it's KC Movies Podcast on Instagram. It's follow on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll see about Stitcher. I don't know what's going on there, but we'll see about Stitcher. But... Uh, I know most of you guys listen to on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so just chuck, go on there, search my name. There you go. Follow, subscribe. And uh, now that we've been a bit more production quality going, we got to, we sound better. Hopefully, we'll get some more people in and listen to it. If you love film, you love movies, tell your mates, tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your dog. And uh, guys, I will see you. Will you hear me on your uh, in your ears in a, in once again, in great buttery form uh, next week.